Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Welcome to Bear and Balanced. I'm Jeff Burkus, a writer for Windy City Gridiron, and I'm joined by the boss at Windy City Gridiron, Lester A. Wiltfong Jr. Lester, did the Bears just dominate a game, or did they finally get their return on the Micah Glennon contract? <laughs> like, what happened yesterday? That was a uh, an interesting game, to say the least. What is that? That's two in a row. So if they win one more, that's called a winning streak. I think the old, the old <laughs> one quote, more, so. it's a streak, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's they have a chance with the Vikings next week. So uh, I mean, this game, I don't think we expected a blowout, but with when we saw it was going to be Mike Lennon. Come on, I think we all kind of had an idea that's going to be a rough game for the Giants. So twenty nine to three, the Bears uh, pick up another victory. Eddie Jackson had another touchdown taken away from him. He had it. In his hands, I don't really understand why they didn't uh, give him give him credit for that, but it is what it is. Poor Eddie Jackson continues with his bad luck streak. Uh, interesting game, a lot of fun stuff on defense. Bears got 14 points right out of the gate, uh, and then just kind of just had this big lead the whole game, right? I mean, they they just 29 to three. I mean, they just never really let it let it go. Those are fun when you don't have any stress. I mean, I know that both teams are bad, but it, it was kind of fun. And it was kind of fun to see the terribleness that is Mike Lennon in Soldier Field in an opponent's uniform. You know, before the game, Olin Cruz tweeted out the uh, a picture of the, the of the of the fabled turnover bucket. <laughs> you know, and there was a question yeah, sure. about, you know, where is this man? And you know, I guess you know the Bears and you know Travis Gibson and Robert Quinn and, you know, Tayshawn Gibson, Dion Bush. I mean, they, they made sure to, to put the, the turnover bucket back in use this week. Well, let's get into the, some of that stuff. So I, I think a lot of really good play by the lines this week. So let's get into Trent's tribute as we always do. You're starting off this week. Why don't we start off with new Bears royalty? Yeah, I wanted to start this off with Robert Quinn. I mean, 18 sacks that breaks Richard Dent's team record, obviously, of 17.5. That was set back uh, way back in 1984. You know, but besides that sack, you know, he had a tackle, uh, two quarterback hits, he had a forced fumble. We've talked about him all year. He's just been, he's been, he's been a, a revelation. You know, he has been, you know, we, we figured when, when Mac left, he wouldn't be doing as much as he was because they'd spent a little more time on him. But I'm, not seeing the chip very often. You know, a lot of it is he wins with such with speed. He wins so fast. Mm. You know, there's no chance for anyone to come help. So if, if the chip is there, that's fine. But, you know, he's just, you know, he has been a, a total package this year. And, you know, he now leads the league in sacks. He has 100 sacks on his career. You know, he's, you know, I saw some people on, 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 uh, on social media suggest that maybe now you trade him because his, you know, in the offseason. I'm not sure if that's even going to be a possibility because because of his age, because of his contract. Let's just enjoy him. I mean, yeah. if he's if he does this again next year, that's great. Let's just enjoy Robert Quinn, his, his late season surge, and and you know it's it's fun. Yeah. Did you happen to when you went back and rewatched it? Did you happen to to rewatch that crazy sack, almost sack where he wrapped uh, Glennon uh, Glennon up, but Glennon kind of 
pitched it behind him to to the running back and got out of it. Did you did you happen to watch that play a little bit? Uh, I lo- I watched that. That might be the greatest play of Mike Lennon's career. Actually. Well, it was the best play of his day, yeah, right? Like that, which sure. is funny because he's just yeah. kind of like take the ball. Yeah. So if if you watch that play. Um, I'd, I'd love to see the all 22 of it, but in the angle that you have Quinn's in the, the near part of the screen and he comes off and, and, and the tackle doesn't pay any attention to him. The tackle is going to take, you know, someone, someone that's in front of him, the center, yeah, the center runs over to try to, to, to take Quinn on the block and completely holds him. And he's like in the air, he's like parallel to the ground, trying to like pull Quinn away. Clearly it's a hold, like it's clearly a hold. Um, but, doesn't get called. And so Quinn wraps him up. And I think that this is a reflection of not wanting to get a penalty. Yeah. Right. So he wraps him up and then, and then Glennon does this little pitch because he doesn't hear the whistle. And I just thought, man, there it was like, that was the one right there. He had another one that he was close on. Uh, There was a, there was one that was called back because Ogletree had a, had a holding call yeah. uh, in the secondary. I think he would have gotten half a sack there. I'm not sure it would have got a full sack for him. Um, But Anyway, like he was around the quarterback all the time, which is amazing because they didn't drop back very much. The percentage of pressure that he was able to get on the number of dropbacks was astronomical. Like, I, I, I mean, Glennon had 11 pass attempts, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just unbelievable how few um, he had and and how, how often Quinn was there. Like, he wanted that record clearly. So you glad know, that he got you know, it. You know, real quick, there's, there, there was someone on, on Twitter that mentioned to the to – the, uh, the site's account that that they that they suggest that Quinn is getting all this in garbage time, and I'm like, this is not the case at all. You know, the Bears have not had any teams in garbage time. The Bears' offense has been so putrid that most teams just run the ball in the second half. There's no yes. reason to keep throwing the ball. So, you know, I haven't you know actually crunched the numbers, but I would guess that most of Quinn's sacks were in the first half when the game was still relatively close not an obvious passing situation where he can just tee off. Quinn is doing this, you know, when, when, you know, on a horrible team with a horrible offense, when, when there is no reason for the, for, for the opposition to play catch up, he has 18 sacks. And and that's and with that storm of events, it's just ridiculous. Lester, well, I can actually jump in a little bit here if you I'll want to go, crunch the numbers. But so it's not a number cruncher as much as the really interesting part about Quinn's a dominant season this season has been his pressure to sack conversion ratio. It's not sitting right in front of me, but somebody pointed this out as I was reviewing just last week. Quinn tends to get one, maybe one and a half pressures. He's not getting three, four, five pressures a game and finally turning it in or into a sack. If you think about it, Quinn tends to get one shot at the quarterback and cashes in on it. Hey, credit to him. There's a skill there. And between the coverage unit that's behind him, his season, it's reflective of a defensive effort that I feel like has been maybe better than we expected, even if not good, good for him. You know what I mean? Just wait till that Brian Dable offense is, is clicking next season in Chicago. There you go. We had we, a couple things. We talked about that last week or the week before where it was one of my stats where it was the the pressure rate was amongst the worst in the league, yeah. but the sack rate was uh, the number of sacks was was amongst the highest. And then we actually did have somebody on Twitter, and I'm sorry that I forget the the exchange and, and who did this, um, but they hit us up and they said, hey, we, I heard what you were saying. I kind of crunched the numbers. Most of his sacks are coming early. 
And so we we actually already had oh, that yeah, yeah, kind yeah, of back and forth. Yeah, yeah. It was a few weeks ago. And apologies to to the person that did that. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but there was someone who who did go back and look at all that. So um yeah, the, the idea that that it's garbage time sacks is factually incorrect and kind of a dumb thing to say. Uh, but anyway. Congratulations to Robert Quinn. We are very happy for you. Uh, keep pushing that record up. We'd, we'd be excited if you can get a couple next week and make it an even 20. So I wanted to talk about Angelo Blackson. He got a sack and a safety. Um, I thought he had a nice impact game. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit more about the safety part later, but he's got six and a half sacks on the year. He's um, uh, no, that's wrong. That's that's Gibson. Sorry. Uh, too many stats today. I don't know. How, I don't know how many uh, Blackson has, but he's been a nice piece. Yeah, he uh, has been. And uh, and so I also, sorry, I have three notes here. Um, one of them is I also wanted to make sure we talked about Tonga with playing fullback. You know, that's something he did at BYU, if I remember correctly. That's a big I, body. He, he's like the fridge, the, the the new version of the fridge, the freezer, whatever you want to call him. And that's uh, for Bears fans. You know, Bears fans love that stuff. Well. I was going to ask you with, all right, so when we when we grew up, you're right, and fo- watching football in the 80s and 90s, right, you had fullbacks. You don't carry a fullback anymore. Generally, there's a few in the league. There's a couple that get paid a lot. But in general, like, you don't have a lot of fullbacks on the roster. And this is a way to, to incorporate uh, one of those, like, I-formation lead backs without dedicating an entire roster spot to it. Do you think that that's a good idea like you know to have a defensive lineman take a couple snaps a game as the the fullback i mean it's fun it's fun to see i mean if 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 he can do the job if he if they're confident in him doing that i think that's it can hurt you know you kind of see it through college football if it, obviously in high school it happens all the time and and of course the nfl i mean it really like we talked about the fridge it really got popularized back in the 80s you know and then like every now and again a team will do it you know, but a lot of times it's a, it's just a like you said, the fullback's kind of a dying breed. So it's a, it's a nice way to get some more roster flexibility if a guy can do that for you. He uh, may have been the rookie, but he was no dumb cookie. Uh, there you go. The, the fridge. Uh, <laughs> the easily my favorite line of the Super Bowl shuffle. So um, why don't we move on to Twitter? And what did you kind of pick out as something you wanted to highlight from Twitter this week? You know, for me, it's actually from the from the Chicago Bears official site. It was the 800 wins and counting. Here's to the next hmm. 800. But you know, I, I thought it was kind of cool that in the in the graphic, Roquan Smith was front and center in that. I understand you, that it should be a guy that's prominent. You know, from from the now, but the fact that they picked Roquan, I think that says something nice about him and. And then he's one of, I think, three middle linebackers, uh, four linebackers in this in this graphic. Uh, him, Buckus, uh, Singletary, Erlacher. So, you know, only only one quarterback in the graphic. Oh, who That's would that it. be? Just just Sid, just Sid Luckman. But <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe maybe the next time they do this graphic, it'll be Justin Fields front and center. Yeah, maybe uh, at 900 wins, we'll, there we'll get we'll get Fields. So. Oh, that's nice. Um, I I grabbed one from Seth, Seth Walder. He's an ESPN guy at Seth Walder. Uh, he says Mike Glennon recorded a QBR of zero point zero yesterday. However, Mike Glennon did not have enough plays to officially qualify. But if he had, it would have been the worst QBR game in the history of the metric, which they don't go negative. So 
that makes sense that it would have been the worst. Um, and he says that the previous record was, uh, or I guess it's still the record because he didn't qualify, 0.3 by Peyton Manning in what? week 10 of 2015 against the Chiefs. So how about that? <laughs> For 2015? Wow. That's, uh, I never would have guessed Peyton Manning. If no, of course movies. not, right? Yeah, that, that's, that's not that's a record crazy, he's yeah. to keep hold. So uh, here's the stat line for Glennon. Four of 11 for 24 yards. He had two interceptions. Probably could have been another one. Four sacks taken for 34 yards lost. So for those of you that are good at math, that is negative 10 passing offensive yards. Uh, absolutely terrible, right? Uh, and then he lost two fumbles. Uh, this is stunning stunning how bad of a performance this is from a professional quarterback who has made life changing money yeah. in this league. You know, this guy was signed by the bears. Obviously the story's out there. Everyone knows the story. And, you know, I always thought it was the, the pace is trying to make a smoke screen, but, but even Glennon's always been just a bad quarterback. And it's like, you know, and but there were some people that really, they really thought, oh yeah, there's no way they want a quarterback because of they got because they have Mike Lennon now, and I, I never bought that because you know he was always going to be just a placeholder anyway. It was just a, uh, I can't believe Mike Lennon is still in the league just cashing checks. I think that when when I look back at how I reacted to that in the moment, my react my thinking was that Ryan Pace didn't like that quarterback class. Yeah, and was trying to have a placeholder. I didn't think it was a smart thing because they already had Brian Hoyer in the building. There's your placeholder for cheap. So why are you going out and getting this guy as a placeholder? None of it really made sense. There was a lot of like cognitive dissonance with that was the the start of my what is this general manager doing? And it just kind of has gone hill, downhill from there in a lot of ways. Uh, but yeah, that's uh that's that's my relationship with Ryan Pace and Mike Lennon figures prominently in that. So <laughs> terrible, terrible game, but at least the Bears are starting to recoup some of that money that they spent on him. So I have a really fun stat this week, but what do you have? Uh, for me, my stat of the week is the number seven. Okay. And it actually has has two two ways I'm going to go here. One, Tevin Jenkins only played seven offensive snaps in the entire game. And secondly, Thomas Graham Jr. only played 7% of the defensive snaps in the game. I just don't understand. Uh, you know, I, I understand a veteran should not lose a job to injury, but the bears are going nowhere. And it's not like Tevin Jenkins and Thomas Graham Jr. Did not, did not play good football. It's not like this is the Jason Peters from the Eagles when he was a perennial pro bowler. This is Jason Peters at the end of his run. He's Okay. But the last game Jenkins started and finished, the only game he started and finished, he was phenomenal for a rookie. He was phenomenal for a veteran. He 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 deserved to be starting. And then with Graham Jr., again, he started the one game, did great, played a, a, a bit of a of a rotation in the second game. And then where is he? Why are you rewarding Artie Burns with those outside corner reps? It makes no sense to me that those two guys cannot get on the field more. And wouldn't that be nice to gain some confidence in going into the offseason by playing a bad team where you're probably going to roll them, yeah. right? Where you're going to maybe Thomas Grant is going to have an opportunity to get his hands on a ball, right? Maybe Jenkins is going to have a chance to just, just bury some people. Why not give them that opportunity? 
The answer is that Matt Nagy doesn't care. He yeah. doesn't care about the future of this team. <laughs> Matt Nagy cares about trying to get squeeze out another win or two. And I think what's funny is, you know, in his mind, obviously total projection for my part. In his mind, he thinks like Andy Dalton's the guy that gives me that best chance. Is he? Because boy, that was a tough game for me. It was Dalton. rough. So, yeah. um, all right. So my number is sixty-two. Nice. That is the number of safeties that the Bears have recorded in their history. Did you count right? them all up or is there a way I to did. I went out oh. and found them. That's oh a my lot God. of safeties over 101 years. Right? So it's it's a rare event and they're fun. Safeties are great. It has its own little fun move, right? <laughs> right? And you can do a little dance with it. I love safeties. I wish that they were more prevalent. I wish that they got four points for them, right? Because they're so rare. You should get more points than two for a safety. But Angela Blackson had the safety, took down Devontae Booker. Great. Here's some fun, okay? Here's some Bears history fun. I went back and I figured out who recorded these safeties. You're going to love these names. Before I do, are there any safeties in Bears history that you remember off the top of your head? Henry Wachter in the Super Bowl. That's the one that that stands out. Um, wow, that's a good one. Uh, you know, I, I'm curious who the who the number one guy is in Bears history. Okay, okay. You gonna take a guess? Would it be Steve McMichael? Excellent, excellent. All right, so we're gonna go through this. So again, only 62. A lot of these are. Punts, you know, a punter, you know, took it out of the back of the end zone, or, you know, just yeah. ran out. So some guys don't, there's no credit on some of them, but the names that pop up on getting credit for some of these safeties, it's, it's a who's who it's beautiful. I love this list. All right. So starting back at the beginning, hall of famer, George Muso has a safety hall of famer. Joe Steidahar has a safety blocked punt out of the back of the end zone hall of famer, Ed Sprinkle. Sprinkle Hall of Famer guy. Doug Atkins. Nice. Your guy. So my yeah. guy and your guy. Nice. <laughs> Hall of Famer Dick Buckus. Hall of Famer Alan Page. Hall of Famer Dan Hampton. Seven Bears Hall of Famers have recorded a safety. Here's some other names. Ed Obradovich. Doug Plank. Everybody loves Doug Plank. Jim Osborne, a forgotten defensive lineman. He retired right before the 85 season. Otis, Mama's Boy Wilson. Steve McMichael has three safeties in his nice. history. He leads the team. I knew it. Like an error. Nice. Excellent. Excellent. So two more modern players have two each. Any guess on one of those? From the current uh, the current team? They're not on the current team. But one guy's out of the league there. would have been a lovey guy. And another guy is currently in the league but not on the team. That's a really – I'm really pushing that guess. Would, would Alex Brown be among the leaders up there? The, Alex Brown's counterpart. Adewale Agunlia. Adewale Agunlia has okay. two. Uh, and then Leonard Floyd has two. Okay. And then current Bears, Eddie Goldman and Khalil Mack. They have one each. Uh, and then your your guy, uh, Walker. Yeah. He has two. Okay. So some interesting names on that list. Okay. I'm sorry. I found this fascinating. I got to share it. So two safeties in the same game, one in 1969 against Pittsburgh. And then two safeties in the same game back in 1927. You remember this game, of course, Lester. It was against the Pottsville Maroons. The Maroons. The Maroons. My second favorite team. Here are some players that, that have suffered a safety at the hands of the Bears. 
And I'm sorry, you guys that don't like history, but I had too much fun with this. Mule Wilson. That's a real person that lived and played football. Sammy Baugh took a safety, uh, had his punt blocked because Sammy Baugh did it all. Gentleman by the name of Vitamin T. Smith. Vitamin T. Vitamin T. Smith, uh, taken down by Ed Sprinkle. Y.A. Tittle suffered two safeties at the hands of the Bears. Hall of Famer Fran Tarkington. Archie Manning. Uh, Steve Grogan, of course, in the Super Bowl. Magic Man, Don Mikowski. Chris Chandler. Dan Marino. So that's a fun one. Drew Brees. Aaron Rodgers. Young Aaron Rodgers. 2009 Aaron Rodgers. Donovan McNabb. Jared Goff. Sam Bradford. Blaine Gabbert. Okay. And then Deshaun Watson. So fun list of names. (laughs) That if in the safety history of the Bears, found it fascinating. Sixty-two safeties in, in team history that they've they've uh, been been able to put on the Bears side of the board. Those names back from the old days, Mule, Vitamin <sighs> T. Those, those are great names back then. Vitamin T. That's vitamin my first T. run run across yeah, of Vitamin T. That That's great. I we need to bring that back for for somebody. <laughs> vitamin that Vitamin T needs to be a nickname that that is in the league somewhere. Um, maybe, maybe that, maybe that's Travis, maybe Travis Gibson should be vitamin, vitamin Tonga. T. It's right there. Oh, that's, that's Tonga. not bad. Tonga vitamin T. All right. That's my <laughs> number of the week. 62. I had way too much fun with that. Uh, we'll take a quick break and on the other side of it, we'll get into everybody's favorite segment, the three bears. All right, Lester. So let's get into the three bears. So hot bowl of porridge. A lot of really fun performances uh, from yesterday, but who did you identify as the hot bullet porridge? You know, like you said, there were a lot of names we could have went with. Uh, I'm going to go Travis Gibson. I have a feeling that's your guy too. Three tackles, two sacks, two forced fumbles. You know, he's becoming a a pretty reliable guy off the edge here. And next year when Cleo Mack returns, I think the Bears are going to be really really comfortable having Gibson as the, as the third wheel there because the last couple of years they've got out and get, got veterans, you know, trying to try, trying to fill that spot. But, you know, here's another guy that Ryan Pace moved up in a draft for. Looks like he's going to pan out. I mean, he, he may never become a, a, a top-tier starter for you, but, you know, what he is now, I think you he said six and a half sacks he has right yeah, now. Six and a half. And then in his press conference, I found out that he's a big fan of Marvel Comics and his, uh, his, his, his uh, sack celebration is – the mighty Thor, the Thor's hammer. Thor's hammer. Okay. I had no idea that that's what he was doing. I thought it was baseball at the time, but it's uh, that's that's Thor's hammer. That's what he's okay. doing there. Yeah, yeah. I I I was giving mine to to the Gibsons because uh, Tayshawn had an interception and Travis had two sacks and two forced fumbles, which is a monster game, right? And he's he's coming on. He's getting a lot of snaps. I think he's uh, snap count. I think he's around like the fifty percent mark. Um, so he's he's getting some some looks. Am I right? You... No, I, I think this week he was again outpaced by Bruce Irvin, who's getting oh. more, uh, more reps out there. Okay, I don't understand it, but well, I was listening to Joniak, and I thought that he said that he was getting about half the snaps. Oh, he is about half the snaps. Okay, snaps, okay, but yeah, but just uh, the whole Bruce Irvin love. Yeah, just, yeah, the Bruce Irvin thing doesn't make. I don't want to see Bruce Irvin. I want to no. see Gibson out there. No. And, you know, Bruce Irvin already got his uh, revenge game captainship. So, you know, why are we still playing him? Yes, Gibsons. We need more Gibsons. Are there any more Gibsons that we can get on this team? Because, they're you know, they've been they've been coming on. They've been playing well here. So we'll, we'll take all the Gibsons. Uh, cold bowl of porridge. 
Who'd you identify for this? You know, I'm going to go a different direction. I usually always go play here, but but I have to point out that the CBS broadcast team, that the the whole network. It's I mean, of all the networks that have football, to me, I think CBS is is the most unpleasant production. You know, the camera angles I'm not a fan of, the lack of instant replays. I mean, there are some nice runs by Montgomery uh, with some real nice push from the O line that I wanted to replay. I never got it. You know, it's like, what are they doing? And then, of course, you know. Spiro Didis and uh, or Dedis, I'm not sure I pronounce his name. I looked it up, but I asked, I found two different pronunciations. But Jay Feely and him, unprepared the whole yeah. game. You know, names wrong. Eh, name name wrong happens. But they were talking about Matt Nagy, like it's not a foregone conclusion he's gone. Like they were talking about Matt Nagy, like you know what he has to do next year with Fields. It's like what? What are you talking about? And of course they mentioned Andy Dalton being brought in to mentor Fields. <laughs> It's like, what are you talking? He, he was the QB one. You know, what are you guys doing here? I know as Bears fans, we're we're more we're more critical of when these guys for that are that are uh, national screw things up. But it's like, do a little homework, just just a little homework. Yeah, you've you've got so CBS is the AFC. They they do predominantly AFC games, right? So they get a few NFC games every year. This is the one of the NFC games that Fox let them have, which makes sense that they would let them have this one they put one of their lowest ranked announcer teams on it because it's between two bad teams and it's week 17 right so these guys are probably running on fumes but it's still your job right like you know you, you, they probably could call a somewhat accurate game with the the texans versus the jags right yeah that's probably the game that they get a lot and i'm sure that they could know a little bit more two teams they don't know very well and 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 they're coming out at the end of the year and they're you know coming in they're not really no they had no chance i mean and that's like with the names is one thing i mean i think they called right. david montgomery daniel montgomery yes but, but what how do you not know that matt Nagy is as good as gone and you're talking about things like you know is he the guy to lead justin fields is he the guy He's the guy who's going to be on, you know, he's gone in a week. Why is this even a storyline that they're even talking about? I think that this goes back to something we've talked about before, which is the multiple options for commentary. Oh, yeah. Because th there's no way that we should be subjected to this type of commentary. Not not just it, it, football fans, right? It's just that was an uninformed, bad effort, right? So if you have a different option for commentary, for for a different audio version of that game, it's going to enhance your experience. And I mean, like I'm not giving them a pass because clearly they did a bad job, but there are some factors that I, they're faking it. Right. And if you know the real answer, you can tell that they're faking it. And that, and that's what that was. It I was, mean, is this, this is their full-time job. I'm assuming I mean, this job, is not like they're a AFC gig. guys and they're, yeah. you know, they're, they're at the bottom. Right. I mean, and Look, Jay Feely seems like a nice guy. That was that was the color guy. He was former Bear Jay Feely. Sure. What position though? Kicker. Maybe we don't have kickers be the color guys. You know, he seemed to talk a lot about the uh, the, the kicking weather and the footing and stuff. I mean, I understand that's his gig. He's a former kicker, but you know, is that really all he adds to broadcast? This is kicking I, expertise. That's a really. I think small the answer portion. is yes. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. And that's why you shouldn't have a kicker be the color guy. And I don't want to offend any kickers out there. I'm sure that there are some kickers that understand the nuances of, you know, the 
you know, running cover three, right? Like, but eh, probably not, right? They they kind of the specialists kind of do their own thing. I haven't been very impressed with him. So my cold bowl porridge, I love yours. I love going after announcers when they're bad, and we need to fix the announcing game. Cold bowl porridge to me is is Andy Dalton, and I I'm sorry, but like calling out anybody on a 29 to three victory, I get it. Like you 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 know you're being nitpicky. 18 of 35. 18 of 35 is barely over 50%, 173 yards, which is less than 10 yards of completion. One touchdown, one interception. Could have been three interceptions, could have been four. Like he had some turnover-worthy throws. It was like he was, Bradbury, I want to make sure I pad your stats. Like get one of these, right? Like crazy. And in the end zone, he, he threw that right at the defender. I still need to kind of go back and look at how that was incomplete. Thought he had that. Um this is not great audition tape for him. You know, Andy Dalton wants another contract. There's a, a one-year deal for him. He wants to be able to go out. He wants to earn another starting job somewhere else. He wants to be able to, you know, at least get backup money or compete money, right? Like, this is someone who wants to extend his career. It's bad audition tape against a bad football team. You know, the score's fine. But this is, you know, just about anybody could have won that game. Mike Lennon won the game for the Bears. Like, that's, that, that's the story of this game. I... I don't know, man. Like he was the better ginger quarterback in this one, but it's not saying much. Especially after how nice Foles looked last week. Yeah. You know, I I, I knew they were they were never gonna stick with Foles if there was an injury to fields. I knew they'd go back to Dalton once he was ready. You know, but at, at this point in the season, you know, I can't believe I'm gonna say this. Why not ride the hot hand and let Nick Foles get the start? <laughs> you know, I think that's yeah. just the way Matt Nagy should have went. But, you know, then it goes back to is there some friction with between Foles and Maggie that's been reported? It's possible. You know, Andy Dalton does make the, you know, well, actually, does, does he make more money than? I'm not even sure. The contracts are so ridiculous as it is. So, uh, you know, I, I actually had Dalton as my cold at first. And then the more I was getting tweeted at about people making excuses for the stupid ass CBS crew, I'm like, I'm gonna go CBS crew. I want to talk. About <laughs> Here I was man. trying to defend them. Yeah, I'm not no. even trying to defend them. I'm just saying, like, I can understand why they were as bad as they were because they're not very good anyway. They're at the bottom of the pecking order yeah. for CBS, right? Those are the guys that you cut. CBS cut them. Like, but that's how you. That's how, that's how you go up the ladder. You know, like, man, they're not Jay, going up. That Jay Feely's doing great. Let's move him up. But they're instead, going it's going to be in a couple years. Jay Feely is going to be. Doing ESPN the Ocho at some high school game, probably. So I don't know. <laughs> Talking about the footing for the kicker <laughs> and what you know, he was hitting 28 yarders in pregame. This high school kicker, right? The punt pass kick competition. He may be doing that next. Now you're talking. That takes me back. You there know, you go. Get the old arm loosened up. See if <laughs> I still got it. All right. What about the just right? Who'd you have for that? Uh, for my just right, I'm going to go with uh, wide receiver Donnell Mooney. Seven catches, 69 yards, one touchdown. There's a lot of talk about him not being a true number one. And, and I get that. You know, he's he's 5'11, 175-ish. You know, he's, you know, he's but he's he's the last few weeks have shown something. I mean, he had a really tough run last week. You know, he there's some toughness to his game. Um, I think he has to get a little stronger physically. You know, but there's been plenty of receivers in the NFL that have started not as strong as as you as they are end up in their in their career a guy like mooney you know his first two seasons have been really good for chicago maybe he can be number one i still have my doubts but you know the connection he has with fields is real 
if Fields is going to be the guy going forward, like we all hope he is, you know, that could be his guy, his go-to guy. And yes, he's not the best with the with the go up and get it catches. You know, that's not his forte. But you know, you scheme him open. You know, he's a good route runner. You know, he has great speed. Another good year in, with, with with the weights. You know, maybe he can be a. Uh, you know, he'll never be an A plus number one guy, but he could be a guy you, you really you really can, can count on going forward. Yeah, Mooney's mine as well, and I, I think that when I did you watch that Chiefs Bengals game by any chance, or no, at least catch, catch part of it? I caught that the highlights, obviously. So you watch the 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 Chiefs, and obviously they have this all world tight end, and they have this unbelievably fast and dynamic wide receiver, and then they usually have like a third guy that can get you know soak up a little bit of targets. But they got these like two amazing guys, and then you want look at the Bengals now, right? So Jamar Chase has just Real, I mean, he had a ridiculous, ridiculous game, right? Yeah. But he he's looked really good, and he's come on strong. T. Higgins, who had you know kind of a you know disappointing rookie season, he has looked really good. And then Tyler Boyd is a really solid third option, right? So that offense now has their trigger man with Burrow, and they've got three really good wide receiving options, right? Mooney can be one of those guys. And you can say, well, he's probably more of a Tyler Boyd than he is T Higgins or Jamar Chase. Yeah. I mean, just from a size standpoint, sure. But you need three guys or you need at least yeah. two amazing guys, right? I think you need three guys. You got one of them. Great. Go out and get two more, <laughs> right? That's yeah. the point is you're going to need to build off of that. Mooney absolutely can be a piece of the future. And, and, and he, you know, he's performing where you want him to with, whoever you've put out there three different quarterbacks throwing him the ball he's looked pretty good with all of them right so it's only going to be one in the future it's going to be number one um and i think he can be one of those guys i thought at first i was going to give the just right to montgomery and i went back and looked at his stats and they were terrible and and i think one one of his longer runs got called back yeah and then he had a lot like the short yardage carries for the touchdowns or touchdowns but they were short yardage and then he had a lot of like kind of grind it, running it, you know, banging in the line. At the end of the day, it was like 2.9 yards a carry. And I was like, I can't give him a just right for 2.9 yards a carry. And don't forget um, about the interception either. I was well, <laughs> let's put that on the let's call that on the being too cute on the play yeah, call. But um, you know, he's not uh he's not Tariq Cohen. He doesn't have the arm of Tariq Cohen. Speaking of Tariq Cohen, he may be one of your guys next year as a receiver, if that's what the new GM decides. If there's a new GM, which is still you know up for debate here, it's you know. But whoever the GM is, you got to bring. Uh, you, you figure you're going to draft a guy at receiver. You got to throw some money at, at at a free agent at some point, and I maybe a a reclamation type project. I know Robert Schmitz has been talking about guy, a guy on Twitter uh, for the Jets. Uh, I think he's a former Baylor Bear, Denzel Mims. Denzel Mims. So I think you know a guy like that possibly comes in and. You know, you got to revamp the entire receiving core because next year it's just Mooney. So, yeah, and and we can get into that in the off season. But you know, it's it's a good idea to build your receiving core like a basketball team yep. where you have different skill sets that complement each other. This this idea of bringing in all these speedsters um, is interesting. Uh, let's just say that, especially when the scheme doesn't fit. Uh, generally, when you go out and build a wide receiving core you're gonna you know want some size and you're gonna want some speed you're gonna want you know precise route runners that can move the sticks things like that and and so they're gonna have a blank slate i mean at least there's that right you got mooney and the rest of the room to build trying to look at it in the positive light uh you have <laughs> you have a blank sheet of paper with one name on it so um 
nothing for Fields Report, obviously, because he didn't play, but it sounds like he's likely to be back for the finale. So we will, you know, revisit that and we will look forward to that. Did you hear uh, the Bears play the Vikings next week? Did you hear what Mike Zimmer said yes. about their rookie quarterback? That was outstanding. I actually tweeted that out because it was so, it happened last night. I couldn't believe when he said it. So I tweeted that out and uh, he's not fond of uh, Kellen Mott. So obviously Mike Zimmer is almost certainly going to get fired as well. I think Zimmer's time is is done in Minnesota. So so Nagy and Zimmer can, you know, have a pregame conversation about what they're going to do, um, you know, for, for next year. But uh, Zimmer was asked in the press conference if he had any interest in, in getting Mon to start, uh, Kellen Mon to start <laughs> next week. And he says, not particularly. <laughs> and the, the guys will follow up like, well, you know, why not? Or, you know, give me more. And he's like, I see him every day. You know, and it was just this like implied, like, I see him every day. He's terrible. I'm not going to put him out there in an NFL game um, to, to be the starter. And they rushed back Sean Mannion uh, to, to start in place of, of uh, Kirk Cousins, who was, was out on the COVID list, the most predictable thing that's happened this NFL season. And, uh, you know, Mannion had been out and they rushed him back to, to, to start. And so he's, he's not a fan of, of Kellen Mond, which, who knows? Maybe he becomes a thing, and we'll all be, you know, have an egg on our face. But it's just kind of good when you see the uh, the rivals not uh, be super excited about what's waiting in the wings. It was funny because I actually I read the quote first, and then of course I wanted to see it just to see exactly the context behind it, and it's exactly what it, exactly <laughs> what you said. That's exactly the the vibe I got was. No, I see him every day. What's yeah. the point? You know, yeah. it was hilarious. Good stuff, though. As as the kids say, he gives zero Fs uh, <laughs> at this point. It was fantastic. Robert, I keep that, I kept that PG for you. I don't want you to have to beat me. Uh let's let's uh it's a bears win. It felt a lot more like a giants loss in a lot of ways, but give the bears credit. The defense looked good, they were opportunistic, they took advantage of the the ginger giraffe and took him down and uh, made him look ridiculous, which was a lot of fun, uh, particularly fun for Bears fans because of all that money Ryan Pace gave him. And, you know, some fun stuff on offense with Darnell Mooney. Not much else to say, though, no. right? We got one more of these things coming back to you next week with uh, with the Vikings report to close out the year. Might have some final thoughts on, on what's going on with that, but anything else going on this week? You know, it's funny. If, if the Bears win, then the Bears and Vikings are the Spider-Man meme that you predicted they, they were all this whole year. Finally, it's going to happen. You know, the, I think the Vikings, I saw they already are clinched second place, but it's it's by like the fourth tiebreaker if if, if the Bears do happen to pull out the W. But th- that'd be a, a nice way to close out the season. Seven and ten, you know, get these young players a nice feeling going into next year, and hopefully it's with Justin Fields at quarterback. Yeah, I think you would just say they're tied for second because they're not, you're not, you don't get anything no. for second place in the no. division and you're not going to the playoffs. Yeah. So it's just, it's tied for second. The, the tiebreaker thing that goes to like the fourth tiebreaker, not a thing, but they will have the same, if the Bears win, they would have the same division record. They'd have the same conference record. They seem to have the same uh, common opponents record, right? Like this is the same team. They were the same team last year. That it was the most bizarre thing last year. If the Bears won, in week one, the Vikings lost and vice versa the entire year. Whenever the Vikings would win in a week, the Bears would lose. And whenever the Bears would win in a week, the Vikings you know, would do the opposite every single week. And you say, how is that possible? You know, by weeks, 
was the only difference. And that's yeah. how the Vikings were seven and nine and the Bears were eight and eight. It was a weird year. They're the same team. They're going through a lot of the same things. The difference is, of course, the Bears have their what they believe to be their future quarterback. The Vikings do not. They have an overpaid, not good enough quarterback under center that they have to figure out what to do. So the Bears are in a better situation than the Minnesota Vikings. Definitely. We'll get to see them next week. Both teams are going to be starting with a rebuild. The, the the Bears are definitely a much more attractive location. I think the Bears are going to be one of the top locations just because of fields. You know? Just because of and fields. And it's, you know, that's a lot of national analysts, they still, you know, they still they, they still point to Chicago as being a big market. And I know a lot of Bears fans think, who cares? That that matters. You know, I mean, the, the legacy that some of these guys can create in Chicago, that matters to them. And I think the Bears are going to, you know, again, it's still George making the call, George McCaskey. So we'll have to see what happens. But, you know, if they get the right guy in place, who knows? Man, all right. I'm ready for the offseason. <laughs> yes, we got one more sure. of these things. We'll try to find some silver lining for you guys next week, uh, regardless of what happens. We'll we'll keep it balanced. Uh, check check our stuff out on the website. You know, we, we write articles and, uh, you know, check it out on YouTube if you aren't already. If you are, like, subscribe comments all that fun stuff uh till next time bear down